This is NBA Sound System at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, coming to you from the Thomas and Mack Center on the campus of UNLV. For the very latest, check out our full slate of Summer League podcasts by searching NBA Sound System on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. You can also visit nbasoundsystem.com to listen in. Thanks for being part of NBA Summer League 2019 on NBA Sound System. And we are back here at NBA Summer League at the NBA Sound System Podcast. My name, as always, is Amino Hassan. I don't know why that would ever change, but I'm joined today by USA Today's own Trista Crick. Trista, oh, thanks what's for going having on? me. Oh, you know, just taking in the scene, just watching some games, young talent trying to get on rosters. Now, is this your first Summer League? No, my first one was Damian Lillard's Summer okay. League. Okay. That was 2012? Played- yes. He played in one game. And played very well. Played if I, very well. He had played very well. Yeah, that seems to be the trend here. You know, that's the one thing uh, this year that's been, I don't want to say, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but the I number agree. of people that we were excited to watch and their actual availability to play through no fault of their own. Correct. You know, injuries happen. But that's, you know, I was really excited for Zion. I was really excited for Michael Porter Jr. Excited for Ja. I thought Ja, ja was going to play. I talked yeah. to Ja. What was it? Right before the draft. Right. And he was sitting there at the press table and he said, I'm 100 percent ready to go. I'm playing in summer league. Really? Yes. See, I thought during the round around draft days when I heard he's going to need a knee procedure. So, yeah, I think that might have been right before or right after. I don't know. Right. He said he was ready to go. Wow. Well, that's interesting. And I remember saying to him, wait, did you just say you're playing in summer league? And he right. goes, I should be good to go. Wow. Okay. So I think there are a few people that. You know, you thought maybe could play. I think the issue while talking to some of these teams, Darius Garland, for example, right. he's coming back off an of injury, and they just don't want to get guys out at game speed. Right. And that being the very first opportunity to get out in competition when there hasn't been an opportunity to scrimmage and you get hurt. And, and I think, too, the issue is you've got guys kind of like the Drew League in L.A. that are desperate right. to be seen. And so you've got a guy like Zion – who you need to protect. Right. And then other guys on the opposite team that may not really care all that much about how Zion's health is in the next three to six months. They're trying to get on a roster right now. Or even worse, there are guys that look at a guy like Zion and say, hey, I can make a name for myself. Correct. I'm the guy that, you know. Posturized Zion. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I guess that, that's a, a great point as far as why we're seeing some of these guys get held out for what amounts to basically – Tiki tack injury. Totally. Right? Yes, right. I, w- I knew as soon as he went out in that first half, I don't think that he's going to play any more games. Yeah. And that is, I mean, as a fan that comes to Vegas and as a media member who wants to see guys play their their best basketball now, you right. know, see them in a situation. You see RJ is very raw still. Right. You want to see guys at least against other NBA sort of talent, ca- caliber talent to assess. Yeah. What what are they? And also, you know, was that a bad day? Yeah. Or was it, you know, is this something that we need to pay attention to? I think of, you know, Kyle Kuzma, his summer league where he shot the lights out from three. And I said, mm-hmm. I looked at the stat. This guy wasn't a, a three-point shooter in college, but clearly that was something he had added to his game. Mm-hmm. And and he did it throughout the whole summer league. And that, that really was the beginning of people recognizing that the Lakers may have a, a pretty good steal with this l- late first-round pick. Is there anybody that you've seen so far that you could say that about now? You know, it's tough 
Tybal for Philadelphia last night yeah. shot four for nine from three. And that's the big question on him. He's a tremendous defensive player. We know that. But the question about him is, is his offense good enough for him to be on the floor? There's a Mendoza line, I like to call it, right, of offensive effectiveness of some sort. And if you aren't good enough, you can be the greatest defensive player of the world. But if we're playing four on five on the other side because they don't have to respect you, that's an issue. I, I think uh, the greatest example of this was the Memphis-Golden State Series in 2015 where the Grizzlies went up 2-1, and then the Warriors, the light bulb went off and said, wait a sec, why are we guarding Tony Allen? Yeah. So they said, okay, Andrew Bogut, you're guarding Tony Allen and just park in the paint in 2-9, don't get the three-second call. And if he shoots a three, all right, let we'll him live shoot with it. That. We'll and, live with that. And if he comes into the paint, obviously you're there. So, And that changed the complexion of that series completely because they were able to guard uh, Memphis's bigs with Raymond and, and Harrison Barnes, and they were able to take Tony Allen and turn him into a liability. So, um, And I guess the question, too, is what is Philly doing right now right. offensively? There were a lot of three-point shots being chucked up. Yeah, Zaire. Oh, Zaire. yes, yes, yes. Zaire also First round went pick from four, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. He also went four for nine, and he's been working on his shot. But they were shooting a lot from three. And so I was talking to Matisse's agent. He said, you know, I think what's being, what's being asked of these guys is, why don't you just shoot a bunch of threes at game speed right. and get the feeling of reps right. at game speed? And maybe that's not exactly how things are going to be run. And then you don't want to throw the whole offense no. at a guy right now either. Well, again, you know, and I talked about this yesterday with Jimmy Cook. When guys come to summer league, first of all, the playbook is a very stripped down exactly. playbook. Exactly, right? exactly. Because, first of all, eight to ten of the guys on the roster are not actually on the real roster. So we're not going to throw in a whole bunch of complicated terminology and, you know, play diagramming. Mostly it's floppy, a lot of floppy action mm -hmm. and uh, some pick and rolls and then a couple of other maybe an under, uh, a side out of bounds play here or there. The other part of this that's, that's interesting is the roles that these guys are playing here may not necessarily Correct. be the roles that they play when they get Correct. with the real when the real stuff happens. And so with Tybull, to me, the important thing is to see him be able to be efficient offensively enough of a threat no, he doesn't have to be uh clay thompson he just has to make defenses stay honest and a night shooting four for nine hopefully not you know pull up a dribble you know but catch and shoot threes that's a good sign for him yeah and i think also decision making right he had four steals and four well, turnovers you know yeah, so turnovers for me i i'm not turned off by high turnover numbers because you want them to push their boundaries sure. and explore what they can and, and can't do on the floor. You want them to do it now. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a good it's a good time to have those turnovers now yeah. and not in, in an important so, moment. So one of the interesting things about Summer League, you've been coming here since 2012. Uh, what I love about Summer League is here at Thomas & Mack, behind the basket, I believe on the south end, is... It's where it all goes down. Exactly. Well, I believe Ethan Strauss coined the term the schmooze pit. Yes, right? yes. That's where all the teams are coming in out of the tunnel and they're about to play the next game. They hang out there and their team personnel. But then you see a lot of media people. You see a lot of front office people. Maybe people have stayed late. Maybe would come early before their game. And everyone just kind of hangs out right there. Um, yesterday, the schmooze pit conversation was dominated, obviously, by what the Clippers did. Uh, what were some of the things that you heard from people talking about the Kawhi Leonard, Paul it was, George? It was fascinating. What was fascinating to me is that I was 
talking to somebody that was close to the organization, Clippers organization, that said, you know, they're just people who don't have a clue as to what is really, really going on. And it's our job, obviously, to sort of shroud that. Right. And not to telegraph what exactly is going on. But people were reporting things that didn't were not based on reality. And I was told that they were not only always in the running, but always the front runner. Right. And that was fascinating. Right. Uh, we got to talk to Rich Paul yesterday. Rich Paul said, we asked him, did you know? And he said he had, he had no idea until he saw the news break. And I was fascinated by the idea. Not that they were in the run. That's all, I guess, subjective. Sure. Right? Sure. It's anyone's guess who was actually in the running and yeah. who was first, second, third, uh, midway mid through But this. I think how tight everything got that's, kept. That's the, that's the interesting part. How in 2019... Does not one secret, but two massive secrets. Paul George demanded a trade, and Kawhi Leonard was the one orchestrating that trade demand. So, where where do you live? Where where I are live you based? In Phoenix. You live in Phoenix yeah. full time. So you've been to L.A. a bunch, though. Yeah, absolutely. I go every week. How how you know where Thousand Oaks is? Yes. So okay, so how do you Kawhi Leonard meet with Paul George in Thousand Oaks, mm-hmm. and no one no one knows. Not a cell phone. You change. Thing. You change the meeting last minute. Right. With the with the Lakers, two thousand Oaks, and no one seems to sort of be able to put the breadcrumbs together that something's changing on the ground. Right. In real time. It, it's it's fascinating, and and so one of the things Rich Paul said was, Kawhi has a small circle. That's sure. one thing he said, and the people who had the information outside the circle didn't talk. Yeah. And my question would have been, or should have been, how does how did they get those people to not talk? Because it's one thing to say, "Hey, Paul George, you got to keep this under wraps," you know. But Aaron Mintz, his agent, uh, Sam Presti, Sam Presti, who picked up a phone and called not one but two organizations because he called Toronto and he, and they and he made them bid against each other. How do none of these people talk? And so it's a funny juxtaposition to me that while we're talking about secrecy and how do you keep secrets that the number one attraction at summer league for us media types is the schmooze bit where everyone's talking, where all the secrets are coming out. Yeah. And I think that this is the the time, especially as we're wrapping up and it's just a lot of vet minimums that are coming available. You don't have huge free agents that are still left on the dock and people are much more willing to give you the behind the scenes than they were when, it hadn't shaken out yet. So give me another schmooze pit nugget. Not necessarily about about Kawhi, but something that you learned. Like, oh, that's why that happened. Or, oh, I, I didn't know mm, that good... was the pressure that, or the, mm. the scene that was happening. I think the thing that I, I was talking to a few people about was just in regards to Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason that uh, this has been a very successful transition for him to make this decision is that he has a small circle. Right. It's that the guys that have multiple decision makers in their camp right. are the ones that are their careers are typically in more disarray. Right. More leaks come out, but their their careers are, are sidled with more drama as well. Let me ask you a question, a philosophical question. Is it good versus bad to have leaks versus not have leaks? Or is it just this is a, a situation that benefits Kawhi is a quiet guy, so he likes no leaks? LeBron, for example, is a guy who flourishes with the chaos and, and the conjecture. That's a great and the, question. And so maybe leaks are good for him. I think what it has to do with is your personal brand. Right. And Kawhi's personal brand 
is very consistent. Right. New Balance is a perfect fit. His uncle being involved in that family tie is a perfect fit. And No Leaks is a perfect fit. Right. LeBron, glitz, glamour, Hollywood, impact, Rich Paul making moves. Right. And making sure that everyone knows that he's making moves. Right. Nobody right. thinks that, that it's not like Rich Paul is a secret puppeteer. Right. Everyone knows he's he's oh. on in on the cover of SI the day right. before this AD trade goes down, basically saying he's not going anywhere else. He's not going to Boston. So right. stop with the noise. It's Lakers or busts or Lakers or Knicks. So I think it's very individual. And I think it has to do with the, the people around you, too. Right. Who's guiding you? Dame's a perfect example. Dame, the way that he speaks with the media, the brands that he chooses to to sign with this long-term supermax loyalty right. it's like what is that personal word that defines you and how do you stay consistent to that okay last question before we wrap up uh it's day three what are you looking forward to here in the next three days wednesday is the last day of round robin play Ooh, what am i most looking forward to you know i really want to to watch more of this carson edwards kid I think, for Boston, yeah, yes. Boston. He looked really good against Philly yes. yesterday. Uh, he looks – he can still hit that step back against taller players. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here for the basketball. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I love to see guys flourish it's, ahead I, of time. I, so you can say, yeah, I called it way back when. Yeah, no, that's, that's what Summer League is all about, right? It's not even about calling it. It's about when these people become somebody you can say. For instance, you said, my first Summer League. Oh, yeah, Damian Lillard killed it. They shut it down after one game. Yep. You remember Damian Lillard. You remember watching, uh, I remember Nate Robinson's jersey being retired on the wall. That, I mean, that was a thing that happened at Summer League. And so I think that's the great thing about this event. It's just so many memories. These guys, some of whom are going to go on to become champions, Hall of Famers, MVPs. It's cool to say I remember when I saw him for the first time out here in Thomas and Macker in the Cox Pavilion. Yeah, and it's, it's a star-studded event, especially in the early days. Trista? Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. All right. Uh, we'll take a little break here. When we come back, Tristan Jazz, the layup king. He'll be joining us here on NBA Sound System Podcast. We're back on the NBA Sound System Podcast here live from NBA Summer League. And I'm joined by Tristan Jazz. Tristan, yes. I was going to say by influencer. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I want to hear you tell me in your own words how you yeah. describe yourself. Man, content creator, okay. influencer, motivator, positivity spreader, and the list goes on. You've got over a million followers on Instagram, almost a million on YouTube. Yes. Yes. I'm an old guy, right? I'm crotchety. I'm yelling at clouds. But I'm also curious. Yeah, yeah. I want you to explain to me how you get into this, not from the, hey, this is fun, I'll record, I'll throw yeah. some stuff up, but how you get yeah. to into terms of big business now. Okay, yeah. So my goal was to play college basketball mm -hmm. before any of this, before the followers, before, you know, before coming to events like this. You know, college basketball was my main thing. So I was, you know, working out a lot, staying in shape. So I started filming, like working out, like doing stuff like that. And, um, you know, playing on good AAU teams. Right. Uh, you know, getting 
getting my name out there, you know, I, I had this little mixtape, this like highlight reel, right. and it kind of went viral. Like, yo, is this kid like the next white chocolate like <laughs> t- like type thing? And I'm and I'm like, oh man, this is cool. Like, I got like thirty thousand followers on Instagram. Like, oh my god, living is- large. <laughs> yeah, yeah, living large. And I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. But um, I had about thirty thousand followers when. I made my teacher fall. I crossed my teacher. That was you. That was me. Oh man, yeah. So that that's that's so cool. All right, so that was the moment, right? That was yeah. the moment that that set you on fire. Yeah. So I'm at like thirty thousand followers, like, you know, chilling, like thinking this is crazy. You know, what I'm saying, shout out to Mr. Gallo. That's, <laughs> that is my guy. Like, he's the coolest teacher ever. Yeah. Like, you know, what I'm saying, I came back to school after I uh, made him fall because. I made him fall Friday after school. Right. I went viral over the weekend, yeah. right? Like crazy. So I'm like, I emailed him. Yo, I'm so sorry. This video is everywhere. Right. People are going to come back to school. Like, and you knew, you, you know, knew instantly. You were, the alerts were hitting your phone instantly as yes, soon as, okay. Yes. So, you know, it wasn't one of those things where like, and then you turned off your phone and then you woke up the next day and found I mean, out that yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool because like ESPN, Sports yeah. Center, like all these people are in my DMs asking to use the video. And I'm like, sure, go ahead, just tag me. So it, right. went, it went from like 30,000 followers to 100,000 in the matter of a weekend. Right. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? Right. And I didn't even have a YouTube channel. Right. I didn't have, I just had an Instagram, you know, Twitter, right. whatever, yeah. but it wasn't blown up like Instagram. Time goes on and my friends are telling me, yo, make a YouTube channel, make a YouTube channel. I'm like, nah, I don't really know because my plan was to go to college. Right. So NCAA doesn't allow you about monetizing yourself. Absolutely. So if they don't allow you to have YouTube channel, whatever. Right. So I'm like, well, you can, they just, you can't make money off it. That's that's the whole point of having a YouTube channel. Exactly. So made the YouTube channel started popping off. So how hard was that decision for you to say, okay, I know this is going to jeopardize my ability to play college basketball, but this is the right business decision for me. Yeah. Well, I was thinking I'm not in, I'm not playing for a college right now. So what if I start the YouTube channel up and then when I go to college, then I just stop it. I want to see what I can create with this YouTube channel. So, you know, started it up. It started to take off. I was that same little kid. I'm from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you heard of that. I know. That's where uh, Nick Van Exel Nick is from. Nick Van Exel. Yeah, I actually went, I went to the same high school as him for two years. That's cool. Um, you know, and not a lot of people make it out from that area. And I, I was that same little kid, you know, that felt stuck. Like, what am I going to do next? Right. You know, like, how am I going to how am I going to get my name out there? Right. How am I going to do this? You know, so. I just want to, like, help all those kids that feel stuck, like, know that they can really do whatever they put their mind to. Right. You got to put in the work, though. You can't just. You know, yeah. You, yeah. you don't just sit on your couch and say, yeah. oh, I wish I had a million yeah, Instagram yeah. followers. You got to do yeah. the work. Absolutely. No, you got you to gotta work, man. Like like I said, I used to grind for a college scholarship. Right. I was at the gym 5.30 a.m. before school putting up shots, just trying to get better while other people are sleeping. Like, right. you got to. You got to put in the work while other people are sleeping and other people are chilling. And yep. that's how you surpass everybody else, you know? All right. Is this your first NBA Summer League? Yes, it is. Okay. What are your first impressions here? It's it's cool. It's like a lot of the people that watch my YouTube videos or Instagram <laughs> videos are here. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's cool to meet the fans, take pictures with them and whatnot. I'm a real big person that, like, wants to take pictures in 
support the people that are supporting me yeah. because without them, I wouldn't even be sitting here right now. 100%. I've been out with Charles Barkley and yeah. seen a line of people waiting. Yeah. He's just out. It's not like a, yeah. a, a formal autograph yeah. session. But he'll be there and take pictures with everybody. I said, Charles, yeah. you got places to go. You can tell. He said, no, yeah. no, no. They pay my salary. Yeah. And so, like, my, my you know, my whole life is because these people enjoy seeing me. And when they exactly. see me out, they want to get the experience. And so that's really cool that, you know, at a young age, you've picked up yeah. on it in a way that a lot of other famous people, whatever they do. Yeah. A lot of times they don't get that. Let yeah. me ask you, have any of the players here recognized you? Actually, at the hotel, you know, Nazir Little. Uh-huh. Um, I've been in communication with him for a while. Uh, Tyler Hero. Yeah. He's right right down the street from me. He was in Milwaukee. Right. 45 minutes from me. So I'm real tight with him. I was talking to him. Yeah. It must be cool f for you to watch these guys yeah. come into their own. And vice versa. It must be cool for them to say, I know that dude. Yeah. You're like, I played against him in yeah. AU. And, and you yeah. said you and Tyler Hero are pretty close. Yeah. That must be cool, especially... This is your first summer league. This is his first summer league. Yeah. You guys are experiencing that at the same time. Same That's age. so cool, it's, man. It's crazy. All right, last question for you from yeah. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Have you met Nick Van, Ex Van Exel yet? Haven't met him. We're going to make, Believe I'm going to make it not. my mission to make sure that you meet Nick Van Exel Let's before you leave here, all right? Let's do it. Man, Let's Tristan, do it. thanks a lot, yeah, man. Of Best of luck to you. Thank uh, you. What's the, the handles, all the stuff? Do you uh, have plugs? You know, Instagram, TristanJ22, Twitter, straight up Tristan Jazz. Snapchat, Tristan J22, Facebook, Tristan Jazz. You know what I'm saying? There you go. That's that's it. You man. know how to find the man. YouTube, Tristan Jazz. There you, you go. Lie. Yeah. <laughs> Follow, there we go. subscribe, everything. Yes, All right. Sir. Uh, God bless. That's going to do it for us here. NBA Sound System Podcast live from NBA Summer League. My name's Amino Hassan. Thank you to Tristan Jazz. Thank you to Tristan Crick. Don't get them confused. They have names that sound alike but are very different. <laughs> yeah. And we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. This is NBA Sound System at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Check out our full slate of Summer League podcasts by searching NBA Sound System wherever you get your favorite podcasts or visit NBASoundSystem.com.